Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion offensive lineman, late 80s, early 90s at the University of Michigan, also co-host of the Michigan Football Podcast. You can hear weekly at thewolverine.com. He's standing by in the Meyer guest line, and let's talk about Michigan-Ohio State on Saturday. Welcome back, Skeener. Good to be here, Bill. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's Thanksgiving week. That means Michigan-Ohio State, no matter what the records are, but here they are, both undefeated. Uh, monster game in Columbus. The checklist for Harbaugh. Uh, he hasn't won at Columbus, and he hasn't won that national championship. And something that Ballas told us earlier, you won't know until game time how good Quorum is in terms of if he's good to go or even good enough to contribute. That, that to me, is the biggest factor here on Michigan-Ohio State week. Yeah, there's no question in my mind. But I think there's a other, couple others, Bill, that I think stand out. I think we need to be we need to have Keegan in there at left guard. El Hadi's done a nice job in, in backing him up in there. But I think Keegan is a more polished left guard and a little bit better in there than the young player, El Hadi, who's got a lot of upside. But we really need our starting left guard back in there to complement Oluwatimi in the middle. And it'd be nice to get Schoonmaker back, Schoonmaker back at the tight end position, running and catching some of those balls. And then the other thing that has to happen in my mind is, yes, we need to have a, absolutely a healthy Blake Corum back there. But J.J. McCarthy is going to have to play his very best game, putting balls in very catchable spots where it belongs, on time. And they're going to have to be caught because the clunkiness of this passing offense, which really was exposed last week against Illinois, if we play at that level, it'll be ugly in Columbus. What about the struggles of J.J. McCarthy that really haven't been amplified until Quorum got hurt? And his touch on short throws, you know, Anthony should have caught the touchdown. Uh, but just the lack of touch from McCarthy, and they haven't had to rely on him all season to win games. It's pretty much been both lines and Quorum and Edwards at times. Why the struggles of J.J. McCarthy on simple, easy throws? Well, I think part of that, Bill, is, is uh, you know, in, I talk about this all the time in the podcast and, and from experience. In that first quarter against Illinois, J.J. took three significant hits after releasing the football. And I say this time and time again. If you, as a defense, can get to a quarterback in the first quarter of a football game it doesn't have to be sacks and tackles for losses, but if you can get good physical pops on that guy, it makes quarterbacks nervous. It sets them, it sets them off for the rest of their day. They're worried about protection instead of sitting in there reading a defense and finding a comfort level of putting the ball where it belongs. And that happened Saturday. And in that first quarter specifically, he's on the ground three times after releasing the football. It's not good. I think that goes a long way in making a guy a little bit jumpy and a little bit nervous. The ball doesn't come where it needs to go. And then on the other side of of that throw is our receivers have got to do a better job of getting separation, getting open. This has been an issue all year, but more specifically has been highlighted in the last half of the season. I go back. The first half against Michigan State, they were covering our guys with fair, fairly easily there in just one-on-one man-up defense. And so, once again, Illinois kind of did the same thing, and, and it's, it's a two-way street, right, Bill? So you got to protect that quarterback back in there. J.J.'s got to throw a very catchable ball, but there were several throws there against Illinois where the ball is arriving 
at the same time, that defensive back is, is over the top smacking that thing down. So you need a step or two of separation that we just don't seem to be getting. And then when you do have the chance with the big ball downfield and it hits you square in the hands and maybe bounces off your face mask, well, we all know that's just not good enough. Why the receiver issue? Because, you know, we talked uh, at our Telling More Fall Football Summit uh, to preview the season that we, we thought the receiving core was the strength of this team going in. And yet they they look extremely slow on cuts, the separation. Uh, how many times have we seen a receiver wide open? I, I would think, well, I, I would think with the University of Michigan, that there are a couple guys where you tell them to run and they should be able to outrun anybody, right? Well, in, in, certainly in the past, we've had many, many great players that have come through the program that we can all list off and name. But for whatever reason, this batch of guys, I would say, as you and I, going back to Tullymore, we talk about this often. They're good, not great, right? And, and so I think that, uh, you know, uh, you know, Ronnie Bell and, and Roman Wilson out there, and Cornelius Johnson, they've done a nice job. They've been, and Andrell Anthony, you know, there's a lot of potential there, but I don't see any consistent game breaking out there or any consistent, you know, guys that, that a defense looks at and goes, oh man, we got to roll with safety over here. We're going to have to help this corner on this guy. I don't, I don't see anybody in our receiving core that demands that kind of attention because we're not getting consistent separation, specifically in man-to-man coverages. So that's why you know our tight end has become so important in this offense to run, to run those receivers off, clear out a mid-route, crossing over the middle, and J.J. has been pretty good all year long at hitting that guy across the middle there. And he's doing it now with the young freshman tight end. Uh, Schoonmaker's out with his shoulder injury there. So... You know, it's 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 just something, Bill, that's been just coming along. And, yeah, we thought that this group would be much, much better than they are. And like I said, I think they're good. I don't know that I'd use the great word with them. But to go into Columbus and win, you have to be great. Was Michigan better at QB with Cade McNamara than J.J. McCarthy? I don't necessarily believe that. I think that, uh, you know, as there's a lot of obvious, there's obvious skill differences and talent differences between these two quarterbacks. And many times this year in key situations, J.J. has put that ball underneath his armpit and taken off and ran and gotten first downs in key situations. Kate doesn't have that kind of speed with his feet. And when we, re- when we run the read zone and, and Kate really never was a threat to pull that thing and keep it around the end, I think J.J. is. It keeps the defense a little more honest. If you watch the games this year, defenses have had to hang a linebacker in there and spy J.J. often. And then based on what he's doing, they'll let him go or, or set him back in coverage. But this quarterback, of McCarthy here, requires someone to have eyeballs in him because of his feet. I don't know that, that uh, McNamara really uh, required that. So, I, I listen, I'm a big fan of Cade McNamara. That kid led us to a, 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 a Big Ten title and beat Ohio State. That's something that hadn't been done in a long, long time. He's a championship and he's a captain. So that kid's going to have my respect forever, forever. But the raw talent gap, I think, is measurable with these two young men. But I don't know that the, the results of this season – uh, would have been dramatically different had Cade been in there. In fact, it might have been a little bit different to the worse without the ability to run that football when we needed to. Well, and by the way, uh, end of the day, it's not about personal stats at Michigan. That they're, you know, you're 
you're number three in the country and you're undefeated going into Columbus. So, you know, we're, we're really nitpicking, Doug. Hey, like, hey, you know, would they be, oh, I hear, you know, I, I think what I meant, would they be better in terms of the skill at the QB position? Not necessarily, they couldn't improve. Like, would they have three extra wins? Would they be 14 and 0 right now with Cade? Well, Bill, here's another, here's another way to look at it. So let's, let's punch a healthy Cade McNamara in there. Would that make our receivers get open any bit better? Any better? I don't think so. That's so, a good uh, point. You know, and here's one thing that concerns me, and you played the game a hell of a lot more than I have, Doug. The body language of confidence with J.J. McCarthy doesn't look there like it was last year in that spot fill-in role. Well, that's certainly something I look at a lot is, is the body language of an offensive huddle. And certainly you look into the quarterback. It's one of the great things about you know modern broadcast to watch in football now. They get those tight views of the, the eyeballs of these kids out there playing. You can see sometimes the ones that look absolutely cool in the moment and, and others that have a look of pain on their face and others that look, have a look of panic. When you're standing in that huddle, you want you want to look in the eyeballs and see someone who's calm, cool, and collected and, and, and has that that look of let's go we got this watch what i'm about to do um and there may have been a little bit of that and again bill i think this comes back to the confidence that gets created by healthy stand-up protection by a quarterback that can deliver footballs that get caught for first downs versus a guy who's getting hit badgered running for his life a little bit back in there you know his heart rates up more than it normally would be playing a football game because he's tired from running running around trying to save himself and I think a little bit too much for comfort, as well as this offensive line has played this year, for a quarterback who's trying to find his moxie and trying to find his swagger, you can't let the guy get hit. Um, so those things need to be cleaned up. And as, as it relates to this coming Saturday in Columbus, watch for the first quarter hits on the quarterback. We've got to keep him clean. He's got to feel comfortable in there and stand in there and find his guys. Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion offensive lineman at the University of Michigan, late 80s, early 90s. Also, a talented co-host. Actually, he's sitting in the A chair next to the A microphone with Chris Ballas (laughs) on the Michigan Football Podcast at TheWolverine.com. You can hear that weekly uh, throughout the season. He's joining us on the Meyer Guest Line. You know, Doug, I I wonder with the receivers, uh, like a drag route, like the way they use their tight ends – why aren't they using their receivers like that? It seems every route with the receivers is 40 yards down the field. Well, yeah, I know that's, that's a perception that can be created, but uh, I think those routes are there. Bill. I think defenses have done a nice job of clogging that middle of the field there. And so when you're running those routes and you've got linebackers that are hanging in the zone defense in there, you've got to go, you gotta throw it right away before you get into traffic. Or you got to wait and wait and wait for that guy to clear the traffic before you can let, let, let go of that football. And sometimes he hasn't had the time to wait. Uh, this last Saturday, a few occasions, like I talked about, he certainly didn't. He had to get rid of the football. Um, that was one of the things that going back to last year, I just thought that, that McNamara, there's, here's one thing that I think McNamara is better than J.J. at. The crossing route pattern, that lead throw. J.J. throws a nice football and is outstanding on the run. Um, but standing in a pocket, throwing the, the right to left or left to right pass, well, I just thought McNamara was outstanding at that. So there's one difference, I think, that goes in the check mark Boom. the other guy. Boom. I knew but, it. I wasn't left on an but, island. Skeen came back and got me. <laughs> he brought he brought the motorboat back. Uh, he does a lot of motorboating during the summer, and he brought it back, and he picked me up. 
He says, I'm putting the motorboating aside. I got to go get huge. Uh, Doug, well, uh, well, again, you are, you got a, you got that big boat over there, like Port Huron, don't you? No, we're in Towers Bay, East Towers, Michigan. I didn't know. Well, that's over there somewhere with 100.9 FM listeners. <laughs> I know we're over. Uh, you're over there. I, I, me and Ballas, uh, the invitations keep flowing from you and your wife. I got to keep denying them about joining us on your boat. I probably got a better chance of getting on Jerry Jones or Tiger Woods boats than I do Doug next Skeen's summer. boat. Yeah. Oh, next summer. Next summer right. Yeah, great. I got a T-shirt that says next summer. I've wore it for six years. <laughs> All right, Doug. Let's get you out there, Bill. Yeah, thanks. We'll, we'll see you there. Uh, let's uh, talk about how Michigan, uh, what they need to do, uh, how they do it to beat Ohio State on Saturday. What, what to you, Doug, based on the team you've watched all season long, what is the perfect game plan to beat Ohio State and get back to the Big Ten Championship for Michigan? Well, you mentioned 150 yards for Corum. I think it's got to be 150 yards rushing for whoever. Um, if it's Blake Corum, I think that's all the better because he has a way of wearing defenses down and frustrating guys because the guy just always fights forward for a few yards. I think our other backs are really nice. They don't seem to have the same kind of after-contact power that Blake does for a guy of his size. He does a super job at that. So, and of course, you can check the turnover box. You can't have any turnovers down there. So, Michigan's done a pretty good job this year of protecting that football. So, no turnovers. Give me 150 plus yards of rushing offense. Give me a time of possession victory against the Ohio State offense. Uh, do not fall behind. You can't let them score fast. We've got to find a way to pressure their quarterback and get him out of some uh, some rhythm himself. Uh, hang on tight against that wide receiver core of, of Ohio State with, with Harrison Jr. I mean, good grief, they're so good. Uh, you can't let that quarterback get going. So the recipe for Michigan is the same as we've seen all year long. you got to control the football, keep the football, keep that offense on the sideline, protect it. And, Bill, if we score, if, I'm going to say this, if we kick more than two field goals in this game uh, down inside the red zone, then, boy, oh, boy, I, I think that's going to make it awfully tough to win. Uh, you've got to score touchdowns when you're on the road in Columbus to win. Well put, Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion offensive lineman. People always ask, how'd he get five, Bill? I think he's lying. No, he was a red shirt. He got five late 80s, early 90s in Ann Arbor. Also co-host on the Michigan Football Podcast. Him and Chris do a great job at the Wolverine.com. Doug, before I let you go, I need your prediction. Final score, Saturday in Columbus. Ouch. You're going to put me on the spot. Well, here it goes. As painful as it is to say this out loud, I don't know that we have enough going here with injuries, and I don't know that our passing game is going to be enough to keep up with the Buckeyes. I hate to say this, but I think Ohio State gets us by at least 10 points. Um, the home factor alone is usually worth a touchdown and a half for the home team in this rivalry. Um, this Ohio State team is loaded with offensive talent. I don't know that we can keep up. I think Ohio State, like 35, Michigan 21-ish, somewhere in there, sadly. Uh, Doug and Chris will be in a secret location throughout the holiday weekend (laughs) because of their predictions. Uh, They will not be interacting with public, and uh, the Maize and Blue Secret Service has put them in uh, broadcaster protection 
uh, through the end of the game on Saturday. I want to be wrong. I well, you guys, wrong. I tell you, like I told Ballas earlier, you're really lining up the subscriptions and getting people going to the Wolverine.com <laughs> to hear the uh, Michigan football podcast. But I respect you, Doug, because even with a, uh, a collection of five rings, you're on. It's like Ballas's, and that's why people uh, respect you. Well done. Uh, enjoy the holiday weekend and the game, and we'll talk Monday and look back at it. All right, thanks, and happy Thanksgiving once again. Go Blue. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Doug Skeen.